Hi, welcome back to our podcast. This is Beyond the Gate, a Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood podcast. I'm Megan. And I'm Meg. And today we are talking about episode number eight, The Fifth Laboratory. So, for the summary of this episode, which is called The Fifth Laboratory, Ed and Al furiously battle the Fifth Laboratory's psychotic guards. In the chaos, the truth behind the Philosopher's Stone is buried beneath the rubble, and disturbing new questions are unearthed. And this covers the chapters, um, Chapter 11, 12, and part of chapter 13. So the second half of chapter 11 from the manga is The Two Guardians. Chapter 12 is The Definition of Human. And then chapter 13 is Full Metal Body. Okay, I don't think we have anything else to discuss beforehand. So we can just jump right into the episode, which is, I don't know, it's, I would say it's one of my favorites. It's a good one, yeah. Um, so, episode opens, um, just kind of how um, episode seven ended with um, the weird guy jumping from the roof to attack Al, and he calls himself number 66, and he and Al are, like, sparring. He So he, I don't know, he kind of, he... He seems to have be wearing a metal suit and he has like a skull for us, like a skull mask with like white hair, uh, <laughs> a hair plume thing. Yeah. So it, it interesting look. Um, <laughs> but we see, we see him and Al sparring briefly and then um, we get back to see, seeing what Ed's up to. He, is inside the fifth laboratory and he um enters a room and we get like a big shot of this this pentagon shape on the floor um and then like in each kind of corner of the pentagon there's there's some stains which i would say look like blood <laughs> and yep. then um there's like a a pillar like a small pillar in the middle of the pentagon so it kind, it's kind of ominous and um while ed is there checking it out um and he's kind of like well this must be where they make the philosopher's stone which seems like a pretty good pretty good assumption to me um another uh like a strange guy in a metal suit appears um and he's like oh you're pretty you're pretty smart for you know figuring that out and ed is like oh i'm just good like that <laughs> um <laughs> and then this guy too starts um he starts attacking Ed and he calls himself um number 48 and he I don't know he seems pretty strong he like moves super fast um and he's all of a sudden he's right next to Ed and Ed looks genuinely afraid um yeah and, and I mean obviously this guy catches him off guard and is a very good fighter if he can make Edward be nervous, you know. Um, and he gets slashed at by the guy's sword and it hits his arm, but it's his right arm, so no, no harm done. And in the manga, number 48 even states the fact that his auto male arm extends all the way to his shoulder just saved his life. I think that's the third instance of his arm saving him. So, auto male three, villain zero. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so after kind of after that initial attack, 
this guy, he they kind of they kind of spar a little, and Ed hears that that he's um, that he's hollow, or sounds like he's hollow, and Ed's like, "Well, you must not have a body inside of you," and he's like, uh, "Yep, you're smart <laughs> again, <laughs> basically," um, and he introduces himself. He originally had to introduce himself as number forty-eight, but then he tells Ed his. I guess alias. I would say his his yeah his alias or you know his serial killer name um like we have in in the real world um <laughs> <Yeah>. is <laughs> is Slicer and he was a mass murderer and he doesn't go I don't think he he just says he's a mass murderer but I think he can be assumed that he um sliced people <laughs> it was his method of killing hmm. um yeah how do you come to that conclusion <laughs> I don't know I just just smart like that. Um, <laughs> I'm just yeah. good like that, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, uh, uh, I mean, he was a prisoner slated for execution. And so since he was on death row, we can assume he, you know, what he's saying is true, that he is a mass murderer and that he was used in these experiments with the philosopher's stone. But the fact that he's hollow inside it and that he's like, Al, Ed is um, kind of surprised by that, and he he thinks there's not another person, what did he say, dumb enough to try the soul bonding mm-hmm. thing that he yeah. attempted. But yeah, um, in the manga, Slicer kind of explains a little bit more. He says that the soul is tied to the blood, and the iron in the blood bonds with the metal in the armor. So we get a little more scientific description of how the soul bond technically works. It's not a full answer but for those who like a little more info in their magic systems there you go Hmm. interesting um so obviously ed and the slicer guy start fighting but we move away from that and we instead get a scene of hughes who is talking to somebody on the phone and he's absolutely gushing about his daughter Mm -hmm. and um he sees um and then we see that he's talking to Roy and Roy looks totally annoyed um <laughs> and he's like stop you know you just going to talk about your daughter the whole time it's not um, just my daughter I'll gush about my wife too <laughs> <laughs> yes yes um and then he kind of after Roy just seems seems annoyed um Hughes tells <laughs> just says to Roy that that Roy must be dying to gush over his very own Scarface, Scarface Ishvalin. Um, and uh, Roy just kind of gives us an update about what's happening with Scar. Um, they found a lot of bodies um, where the explosion happened, but they could not identify. They they couldn't identify if one was um, Scar or not, so they don't know if he's dead or alive. Um, which, if... Uh, <laughs> If you have read enough stories and stuff, you know that he's alive. Um, <laughs> they never go that easily. Yeah, unless you see a body, they're not dead. And, and sometimes even, you, even, even when you see, even body. if you see a body, they still might not be dead. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we kind of get that. Um, we get that brief scene and kind of update on update on Scar, and then um, we 
go back to Ross and Brosh, who are supposed to be guarding Edna now, and mm. they've discovered that um, that they have climbed that they have climbed out the window and obviously gone to the laboratory, and they're like totally freaking out <laughs> um, about it, and they're like. Didn't Brosh say something like, Major Armstrong's going to be so mad at us and he's going to rub his chest all over it because he's going to be shirtless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he did say something like that. Um, and I don't know. I think it's it's kind of brave of them because they do, they do decide to go after them. Yeah. Um, they don't just like tell their, go tell Armstrong, yep, the boys ran away. But no, they decide to go after them um, themselves. So um, then... We go back to Ed, Ed and Slicer, and they're fighting. Um, and while while they're while they're fighting, Ed kind of hears like a shift or like a click in his in his um, automail shoulder, and he realizes that there is something wrong with it. Um, and it kind of you see him flash back to to Winry saying that um, his automail is uh, more lightweight, but less durable so he needs to so don't get into any big fights um but he doesn't realize like obviously we know that she missed a screw so that's that's likely why he's um having issues yeah but the fight is um very it's very intense it's close combat it's i don't know i this is probably my my favorite scene in the whole whole show like i'm just the back and forth ed like can't use alchemy because it's like there's there's not enough time to like you know clap your hands together and like make something he has yes. to like it is not know, an all-powerful art so. yes yes um and during the fight he's uh, it kind of seems like he's he's losing his he gets his shoulder and his face both get um shoulder gets like sliced and his face he gets a cut but he still he still has the energy when Slicer calls him small to shoot back. Who are you calling small? While they're fighting, they're, you know, I don't know, doing the classic back and forth and and Slicer is saying, like, oh, my my partner, you know, is attacking your buddy outside. And Ed is Ed is not concerned at all because Al is a great fighter and he has not beaten him yet. Um so then we cut to Al fighting number forty-eight. Number sixty-six. Oops. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> wrote the wrong thing down. Um, that was me and my my oh my gosh my one brain cell <laughs> that we were sharing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um. Although I'm surprised that's the first like typo that I've seen. Um, in the document. Anyway. Um. Yes. Yeah, so we cut to Al fighting number sixty-six. And um, I think his 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 head gets like I think does Al like kick his head or something? Um, yes, I, I believe Barry loses the helmet, and when he turns around, it's the same reveal we get with Al. Where it's like, whoa, there's no yeah, body. He's, yeah, he's empty. And then he shares number sixty six shares a story about this guy named Barry the Chopper who was a butcher, and he really liked you know chopping meat up and he liked it so much that he decided to chop up people and he killed um 23 people and then he he got caught and he had to you know put on death row 
and everybody thought he died, but he didn't. And he's Barry the Chopper, and he's like, there's like this big reveal. And Al is like, who? Totally, yeah, he's totally unimpressed. Um, he's never heard of him, and Barry's very is very shocked and kind of sad. <laughs> um, it's like um, the FMA Jack the Ripper. Yeah, yeah, and um. We we kind of wanted to go into a little bit more of this character in particular because he gets highlighted a lot more in the original uh, 2003 Full Metal Alchemist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's way creepier. Yes. So <laughs> in that version, Alphonse definitely knows who he is because he and Ed have a direct encounter with him. It uh, is... When he's human. Yes, when he's a human. So they knew Barry the Chopper when he was Barry the Chopper, like when he was in the middle of his kill streak. Um, I will probably be forgetting some of the details, but the gist of the story was that, um, he would lure mostly women away and butcher them gruesomely. Um, and one day, I think this is just after Ed got his certification. So he's very young. He's younger than 15 at that point, obviously. Wasn't it at, wasn't it after Nina? It might have been after. I Nina, think it, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was because he was Nina. losing the will to to be yeah. an alchemist. Um, but he and Al were showing Winry around the the city they were in. She gets captured by Barry the Chopper, and um, Barry also lures Edward in because he he dresses as a woman and pretends to be in trouble and stuff, and Ed is trying to help him and he like rips off the wig and grabs ed and um his lair is like this meat cellar and ed wakes up with his auto mail arm it uh it wasn't detached at that point i don't think but or yeah barry detached his auto mail arm and um winry is her her life is very much in danger Ed has to force himself to fight. He's he gets pretty hurt during that battle, and he definitely shows what a scared kid he is hiding inside of his you know this mm-hmm. persona of toughness. Um, and he he runs away from Barry, grabs his arm, reattaches it himself, which is very painful for him. And um, he and Al do defeat Barry the Chopper, but it's one of those episodes where you're like. They won, but did they really? Because they're still shaken up by this, and he and Winry are just freaked out. And poor Alphonse is just like, my, "Well, my friends were in danger, and mm-hmm. this was terrible." Yeah, that was. It was definitely. It was an interesting. It was an interesting story. It was. It was really creepy. I, I just yes. remember that. Um, and he made it better when he came back, though, because we actually knew who he was. Yeah, yeah, it did. But I think I don't know. Here, he's more of a funny character. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah. yeah, I think I prefer him this way. That's um, true. But yeah. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> that little, little small tangent, but I think it's a good one. Um, Al has never heard of him, and very shocked that Al has never heard of him, and he's also shocked that like, um. That he wasn't that Al wasn't surprised when he re- when Barry revealed that he had no body, and Al just like lifts up his helmet and you see <laughs> he also doesn't have a body, and Barry is very shocked. He's like, "What? Where'd your body go?" And it's just 
He's one of my, he's one of my favorites. Yeah, um, he's funny. Yeah. Um, it, it's part, partly for me, it's the voice actor who plays him, but, um, he's a very, uh, what's that genre that, um, horror comedy genre, you know, the morbid mm-hmm. comedy. Yeah. He's, yeah. It is um, really funny. Yeah. And then, um, but then, Barry tries to like turn on turn Al's lack of a body on him. Like he suggests that Al might not be related to Ed, and like Ed made him up. And um, Al is very adamant that like no, no, he didn't make me up. Um, like he has memories, and then also Granny and Winry know him. And Barry like you know tries to undermine that, be like, well, they're in on it too, and um, whatever. And and then Al's like, well, you might not be, you might not be real and um very this is the only one part that i don't like <laughs> he he, yeah. he kills he like kills the guard um that like finally finally hears them talking <laughs> finally hears them fighting even though he's been out presumably been out there the whole time um and yeah he just like throws his little um his uh butcher his, blade or whatever that but, thing. yeah his butcher his butcher knife um at adam and it's decapitates him yeah it's like pretty i don't know i feel like it's one of the more gruesome gruesome scenes yeah that was that was show. very graphic um, actually yeah yeah and and barry like says like i kill therefore i am which is you know the the i think therefore i am but which is um descartes yeah what? and it's kind of like he, proving to himself he's actually human actually alive based on the passions he has mm-hmm. um yeah poor al saw someone get murdered in front of him and just yeah we don't again. We kind of gloss <laughs> over that like it's like oh okay this happened like he was, okay. like this has obviously happened in front of al before given what he and ed go through like just yeah. seeing people die but ugh. yeah and it was really 14 yeah yeah um so we kind of we kind of leave Al that way, um, and we go back to Ed, and Ed is like totally fighting fighting for his life. Um, he's he's not he's not looking so good, but he manages to trick um, Slicer by I don't remember what what does he even he's do? He like pretends they they were talking about Al and. Ed pretends to like see Al out of the corner of his eye, turns his head oh, and goes, yep. I'll do it now. Yep. Like like he's about to do a double attack. Which tricks Slicer, he turns around taking the bait, and Ed just goes in and, and steals Slicer's head. And uh there was a very derpy look on his face in that scene. Um and he well, he has presumably defeated Slicer, and Slicer's like, Well, that's dirty, you cheated. Um, I liked Ed's line in the manga. He said, "All's fair in a fight to the death," which, <laughs> I, yeah, that's kind of true. Um, maybe I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's interesting to see the hero cut corners like that and do the the dirty tricks. Yeah, yeah, that that is true. But I guess I can see that when you're fighting for your life, and also it's not a fight that he initiated either. Right. Yeah, and there um, are no rules to this battle. It's like. Whoever comes out on top comes out on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then while Ed is looking all derpy and kind of smug, um, we, <laughs> we find out that the, 
the body starts moving and it turns out that Slicer is two brothers. Yes. Um, so there's another blood seal um, somewhere on the armor. Uh, and so Ed has to fight the second brother and he's really, he's not doing so hot. He's fight. He's really fighting for his life. Um, he kind of gets an injury in the side and he um, is kind of pinned against uh, one of the pillars. It's not, it looks like it kind of might be the end for him. Um, but um, while Slicer is kind of going in for the kill, he thinks of Scar and like how he uses alchemy and he just, you know, does the first step, the destruction step. And he does that too. In the split second, he he destroys Slicer. Um, yes. And that effectively ends the battle for real this time. And just to explain why uh, Ed thought that uh, taking the head would stop Slicer, even though Al can move without his head, was because Slicer's blood seal was in the helmet. So if you take the thing that the blood seal is in, the rest of the body would have become lifeless. Obviously, Ed didn't know that they were two brothers, but um, he defeated them both. And uh, Slicer just says, why don't you end it? Why don't you... um, destroy us uh he doesn't use the word kill he used the word destroy on purpose he doesn't really think of himself as human anymore but ed refuses to destroy or kill him because he's thinking of al if he admits that slicer isn't human then al isn't either and he needs to believe that his brother is still a human even if his body doesn't look like it mm-hmm. yeah it's very sweet. Like it just, I just shows their shows their their bond and and his and his love for his brother. Um, and so, and then Slicer's kind of yeah, he's kind of laughing at this because he, you know, he says like the whole time he and his brother were alive, um, and they were criminals. They were they were treated like less than humans, and now now that. Um, they're, you know, they're just a soul bonded, bonded to armor. They're being treated like humans. Mm -hmm. And it is kind of, you know, kind of irony. In the spirit of, um, honor and, you know, honor and defeat or in victory, he agrees to talk to Ed about the fifth laboratory. However, (laughs) (laughs) um, that's when Lost enters and Envy is right behind saying, it's the full metal pipsqueak. Um, and Lust uses her extending glove, knife, fingers, whatever those things are. And she just stabs right through Slicer's helmet. Um, and, uh, the younger Slicer brother is yelling because, you know, that's, that's his older brother. Um, Ed is in shock. And this is the first time he has actually seen these people that we have come to know are working behind the scenes Mm -hmm. yeah and then after lust kills the older brother envy um he he stabs the younger brother's blood seal multiple times um it seems like it's like it's hurting him um but it's probably more like the soul is like separating from from the armor and he's like yelling, he's like calling him stupid and stuff because, because 
they um, the Slicer brothers almost killed their precious sacrifice. Ed is, you know, he's confused. He's like, what, what is, what's, who's, who's sacrifice? What does sacrifice mean? Um, but then Envy calls Ed pipsqueak and he is, um, he's ready to throw hands. Um, <laughs> and, but his uh, hand is not functioning. Yeah, his arm just like totally gives out. Like it's just yep. no more. Um, and Envy like kicks him super hard and he like totally buckles. Um, and Lust, uh, she's kind of just hanging out in the background, but she says to, says to him, don't forget this. We allowed you to live. And, um, she decides that they need to destroy the destroy the place um, because Ed can't learn about whatever is going on with this laboratory and the Philosopher's Stone. Um, and then we see right before, like Ed, I think he like blacks out. Yeah. Um, we he, I, I assume it's like him looking up. Um, it briefly like pans up to like these weird symbols um, in the background, and it like focuses on them for a second, and you're like, okay, well, that seems that's like going to be important. Be, yeah, it's going to be important later. Um, we won't go into into details about it, but uh, yeah. Um, and then we, after Ed passes out, we see Al again, um, and he is he's having a flashback about what happened um, in episode seven when Ed started to started to say something like oh brother there's something that i that i've been meaning to tell you for a long time and then he's like well could that be what he wanted to tell me that he made me up um and then barry he starts to win the fight because al is losing his focus but then ross and brush come to the rescue i think it's uh, i don't know is it which one ross or brush like ross their gun ross okay. shoots uh her gun which hits barry's hand and he drops the blade he's holding yeah um so they've come to the rescue um but just as they've arrived <laughs> okay that sounded so so weird <laughs> just as they've arrived just as they arrived just just as they arrived yes the labrador <laughs> the labrador <laughs> but like anyway it doesn't matter the laboratory starts <laughs> laboratory starts to come down and uh, I don't know. I noticed this and I, I thought it was interesting. Ross, um, is kind of, kind of protected of Brosh. He's like, she, she's like, get out of here, Sergeant, which Brosh is Sergeant. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. And she, and she moves to like help, help Al. Um, but Al is, won't leave because, you know, Ed was inside the laboratory. Where, where is he? Um, but then there's kind of a big explosion and Envy kind of appears from the rubble. Um, carrying Ed and um, they, he just drops them and then disappears. And, oh. and then we see the prisoners next door. They're like going totally crazy. And we kind of go down this dark hallway and we hear this creepy dude just like saying things. And the guard is like, you know, shut up, Kimberly. Um, and <laughs> Kimberly. Yeah, yeah. And he, he like knows the lab, the lab being destroyed and he's, he's really enjoying it. And it reminds him of the Ishbalan War of Extermination. So this guy's, I don't know, seems creepy. Um, then we kind of go to the, the, the last scene in air quotes of the episode. 
Um, Al is thinking about Ed's words again, um, you know, wondering what he was trying to tell him. And he's, you know, very, he's concerned that he might, he might not be a real boy. Um, <laughs> I want to um, be a real boy. <laughs> basically. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, the seed of doubt is planted in his mind and now yeah. his thoughts are stuck in a loop. Yeah, exactly. Which we, you know, we've all been there. Oh, um, yeah. But so then the episode ends, but then there is a post credit scene um, of Hughes and Mustang again talking on the phone. Um, and Hughes tells Mustang that a lot of upper management uh, um, have are gone um, thanks to Scar. And there's room for Mustang to rise in the ranks and like come and work in Central. But Hughes warns him um, to be careful because he's um, Mustang is young. He's 29 years old, which is which is young um, to be at the position that he is. Um, and, you know, he basically tells Mustang that he's going to need people on his side. And so he he says, it's time to go get yourself a wife. And Roy hangs up on him. Yep. that's And that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, so now we can talk about um, our extra stuff, voice yeah. actor notes. Yes, so we decided to focus on uh, the two uh, armored guards of the Fifth Laboratory. First up, Barry the Chopper. He's played by Jerry Jewell, who is also Kyo Soma from Fruits Basket, yes. a great character, just saying. Um, <laughs> Kusuo Saiki from The Disastrous Life of Saiki K, mm, another amazing, character. funny character. <laughs> and Principal Nezu from My Hero Academia. Uh, Slicer, the older brother in the helmet, played by Bill Jenkins. He's the narrator from One Piece, Gerald from Attack on Titan, and Guru from Dragon Ball. And then Slicer, the younger brother in the body, is played by Duncan Brannon. And okay, so he's been in anime, like uh, he's Thomas Wagner from Attack on Titan, but we decided to highlight the more um, noticeable. In America, things that he was in. He's Chuck E. Cheese, you guys. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese the mouse <laughs> from the pizza place. <laughs> and that's not all. He also played Barney for a time. <laughs> I, I cannot read that without laughing. <laughs> I'm, I'm very sorry, Duncan. I'm sure you are a great actor. It's just the, um, the diversity of roles you've been in. Kudos. <laughs> yes. I just love I just love that he was he was Barney, Chuck E. Cheese, and then he played somebody in Attack on Titan, which is just and like Slicer. <laughs> yeah, it's Slicer, um, no slicer. You know what? Oh, it's it Dora, is, not Barney. <laughs> broad, broad range of, you know. <laughs> yes. Um anyway. Well, uh Slicer never gave his real name, so um can't give his uh, name meaning, but Barry, his name is of Irish origins, and it means fair-headed, which could, re- I mean, that could be in reference to hair, in which case he has a white plume of hair, so that's that's mm-hmm. fair hair, but um, fair-headed could be fair as in, like, a fair fight, which, in actuality, mm, he, it wasn't. he kind not of really, he tried to manipulate Yes, he tried to use mind games. 
Although when he first attacked him, he cried out to let Al know he was coming because I feel like he wanted a challenge. But yeah, yeah, he's probably not the fairest fighter. Okay, he's a mass murderer. He's a serial killer. So backstabber. um, Yeah, that's literally like serial killers. They you know prey on the prey on the weak. Yep. They don't. But anyway, all right. We also wanted to uh keep tracking when ed destroys his gloves and in this episode he did shred one of his gloves i think it was when he made his arm blade is that when it happened mm-hmm. yeah, yeah the glove just kind of rips off and falls down um yeah and and i love that there's like there's no because you can just use alchemy to like remake things there's like who yeah. cares if you destroy your clothes like good point <laughs> man i wish i had that Although I but, wouldn't want to be destroying my the clothes that I'm wearing all the time. No, 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 definitely not. But like, if you drop something, you're like, ah, it broke. No problem. Yeah. Or like when you accidentally trip over your or trip over your own shoes and <laughs> rip a hole, rip a hole in your pants. Oh, yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> another thing, um, Ed had some short rants in this one. So, two of them. Who are you calling small and? Don't call me Pipsqueak. Classics. Yes. yes, we've yet to... So far, he's only just had, like, really small ones. We've yet to see, like, the truly epic ones. Um, really are, lengthy ones. Yeah, that we love so much. But, yeah. Yes. We'll, we'll keep we'll keep, keeping track. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on from that. Animation. Uh, the choreography behind the fight scenes is really well thought out. And honestly, I think that's one of Meg and Mai's favorite parts of this show is mm. how well the fight scenes play. Um, there's dynamic movement and a sense of weight behind the character's actions. The only nitpick I have is that anime dudes can effortlessly go into a backflip that defies physics. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's just like one of those things where you just like suspend reality. <laughs> like, <laughs> we know it can't happen, but it looks cool, so it's fine. Yeah. I mean, Ed's very acrobatic anyway, so it it is slightly believable. It's yeah, just that, and... Mm, I don't know, the way he was flying through the air made me think, mm. how did he get his hand down in time to spring off of that? He would have been in the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, he would have been a gymnast because he's short. I know, okay, I was just going to say that. It's like, I was going to say, like, it's probably easier for him to do it because he's shorter, so he's, like, less. <laughs> And he's young. All those gymnasts are yeah. really young. Yeah. We already did the, <laughs> the philosophical analysis. Um, yeah. But one thing I think we did want to discuss is Al's... Well, do we want to discuss Al's, like, crisis, or do you want to wait till the next episode? Probably next episode, because okay. he, really, he really goes full bore. Then never mind. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about it then. Um, um Story elements analysis. Uh, flashbacks were used in this episode. Uh, flashbacks are a crucial part of storytelling in some regards. Uh, it lets the viewer get up to speed with what the character is thinking. And a prime example of that is when Ed is remembering uh, how Scar does his alchemy. And then he's able to use it against the Slicer brothers. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's cool that it's that it's, you know, he, he learns a new trick, but. It's from, um, like, he saw somebody else do it. He didn't just, like, yeah. And his enemy at that. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's, that's interesting that, and he's not, 
I mean, he was just trying to survive. So yeah, I get it. It it almost makes me think of a compromise, like when a hero makes a compromise and does something almost villain-like. But Ed mm. didn't have any malicious purposes in using that because he refused to kill them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, you know, if, it, it's just one of those things where it makes you a little nervous. Like, if he's willing to make this concession and use somebody else's form of alchemy, what else is he willing to do? Mm-hmm. And also, it's kind of, it's interesting because it's he's not, you know, he saw that it, it's a good idea, you know, and he's not, he's, he's not going to shy away from it when it's going to save his life. But, yeah, you know, just he still, it. he, yeah, he, but he still has, um, still has morals. He's not going to kill, you know. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, we finished finished the episode. This was kind of a a big one. Um, yeah. We we it's truly. I mean, you kind of already got the sense the last episode, but you kind of start to see like, you know, the government seems a little bit sketchy. Um, and <laughs> what's really going on here? So it's, it's interesting and, and it introduces some, you know, Al's, Al's crisis. And it seems like we're probably going to get to see Winry again because yes! Ed has destroyed his arm. So sets up, <laughs> sets up well for the next, you know, the next, for the future, I guess. And and actually, this is the first time that Ed sees the lust and envy, which yeah, that's um, big. And yeah. it's the first time that they go, um, they say that line about Ed being a valuable resource, a sacrifice, yeah, a sacrifice, precious sacrifice, yeah. And so, like, he really knows something's going on. <laughs> like, yeah, um, I'd be mildly concerned. Yeah. All right. So, Megan, what was your favorite line of the episode? Uh, mine comes from Ed when he says, I know that my brother is a human being. That means you guys are human too. I will not take the life of another person. Well, I like that line. And um, when Envy goes, lucky me! <laughs> <laughs> and what was your favorite line, Meg? My favorite line was um, also from Ed. Um, when Slicer is complimenting him on um, figuring out the 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 transmutation circle right away, and he says, "I'm just good like that." Like he says, like so, like nonchalant, like yep, just good, like, just good like that. I, I, yes. I love it. Um, right. Um, what did we learn with this episode, or what was our moral or theme? So I think um, the the lesson from this. Um, episode was everyone's life has value yes um, even like you know ed refused to kill the slicer brothers and you know i think that well it showed ed's true character but also i it gave the the brothers a you know somebody sees us as human and yeah you know, and, I mean, and and in exchange, they were like, okay, we're going to tell you about this thing. Like, Yes. I um, think they were on death row. They were meant to die. So if Ed would have decided to kill them, honestly, he would have had the perfect excuse. Like, mm-hmm. these guys are in this suit of armor. 
because they were on death row, because they were supposed to die for their crimes they committed. But yet he still chose to spare them, to see them as human and show them a measure of compassion. Um, And he almost got information out of them from it. Almost. So close. So close. How did they know? Okay, I was like, how did they know that that he was there? But maybe they're like, keeping track of the fifth laboratory and they saw there was a disturbance or something. I don't know. So who pushed the story forward in this episode? Uh, Two people, Barry the Chopper and Edward. So with Barry, he brought up the question to Al, like, what if you aren't human? What if you're official, made up, all that stuff? Which, I mean, it's not just a problem that Al has. I mean, he has it more... Uh, concretely because of his situation. But I think there are times when any normal human kind of questions where they're at or how they got there or maybe not having an existential crisis necessarily. But but yeah, Barry the Chopper makes Al think too much. <laughs> um, yes. And then Edward, he, well, like we said before, he shows his true colors, reveals that he doesn't want to kill anyone. He also is almost able to get more info in, about what's happening. And he sort of in a roundabout way does since uh, Lust and Envy come and say some things that make him start to question, I guess, what what's really going on in the world here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. And that's all we have for this episode. You can follow us on Instagram at fullmetalbeyondthegate or send us an email um, with, you know, anything you might have for us at fullmetalbeyondthegate at gmail.com. Um, also, I think we forgot to say this. I mean, we've said it a few times, but we do have a U- YouTube channel um, on, called Just Beyond the Gate um, with some fun, some fun videos that pertain to, like, particular episodes and um, stuff like that. So check us out on those other platforms and leave us a review um in radar podcast or if you have any any suggestions for us we'd love to hear yeah love to hear them and if um, you do have a message for yeah. us as long as it is appropriate we will read it out loud on the show yes <laughs> <laughs> yes I yeah guess. well yeah. i guess All we right. will see you next time looking forward to it yep bye bye, bye.